Hi, this is Claudia. You're listening to episode number six. I introduce you to my cousin Charlotte Walter, who lives in the Bay Area of California. And we recently discovered how much we have in common, like moving to another country when we were eight, nine years old, and our curiosity for different cultures. This will be a conversation between two cousins about chocolate, culture, and real connections. Welcome to the Multi Woman and Co podcast, the place where we will cross cultures and time for refreshing insights on life, love, and leadership. I'm your multicultural host, Claudia Gang. Are you ready? Let's dive in. I'm calling with Charlotte and Charlotte is my cousin who lives in the Bay Area in California. Her mother is my father's younger sister and we have met only three times in, during our whole life and she's the founder and chocolatier of Charlotte's Trunks, an award-winning chocolate shop that focuses on sharing cultural stories through chocolates. Actually, being a chocolatier is her second career after being an engineer at medical device companies. And luckily for us, she decided to pursue her dream. Her mission is to celebrate the cultural diversity in our community through flavors. Each flavor represents a specific culture. For example, rose water saffron that connects to the Indian community and mango colabanero. I don't know if I pronounce it well, uh, it's for the Mexican community. And she has lived in three continents, Europe, Asia, and America, where she currently resides with her husband. She has also a life-changing trip uh, to Kenya, where she taught children in Mombasa, and where she also learned that she was stronger than she thought. Hey, Charlotte, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> what an good. introduction. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for all of that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I think that is uh, it's good to remind you of what you have accomplished over the years. That's Don't true. you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really proud of your cousin. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I am too as well for all of your accomplishments in this podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> when someone gives you a compliment, it's always really a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> right. But I, I think we also have a tasteful conversation, which is always the case when yeah, chocolate is involved. Um, yeah. But we are also both very interested in understanding cultures, different cultures. But let's go back first to the chocolates, because that is always a good idea. Yes. How and why did you start your business? Um, so I started my business back in 2016 after 
uh, as you said, I had a previous career as an engineer at the medical device industry. And I actually, somewhere in 2008, I went back home, home in being Indonesia. And I wanted to bring home some goodies, as we all know, that's what, like tradition, right? You bring home some goods from here. Um, and I thought I wanted to bring home something that is from here, but at the same time, something that is uh, pretty connected to our family and the culture and the flavors. And of course, I always think of food. So that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> Right. And uh, um, so I was like, oh, why not chocolate? Right. And I was looking for flavors that we as Indonesians are familiar with. So it's a lot of tropical flavors. But the at the time, the environment in the chocolate industry, it's not there wasn't as many um, chocolates with tropical flavors. And so when I visited shops, they would either have just like a small representations of their entire display case or something that's on the rotational. And I thought that was kind of interesting considering like the diversity that we have in Bay Area. So I thought if I were to open up a shop that I would be a little bit more inclusive to all the different cultures and um, and so that's kind of like how it all, like the idea was planted or at least the seed was planted. Um, and then in 2016, a lot of things just happened within my um, engineering career. My, the company that I worked at got acquired twice within the last two years. So I went from a smaller company to fairly large. And um, our family has a lot of entrepreneurs, right? At least. I know my dad's side, there's quite a few, um, as well as, you know, um, our aunt and uncles. And so I thought, like, does not seem so hard? <laughs> so, why was I wrong? <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, the idea of entrepreneurship was not completely uh, new. And I've always loved food. So I thought I uh, created, I would open up a shop with uh, chocolates that addresses a lot of the cultural flavors to represent the diversity mm -hmm. uh, in our community, so. You mean the Bay Area community or the community? Yeah, I, um, I think in general, uh, but right now my, my business is so focused in the uh, Bay Area. So I wanted to create a, a really strong connections within the immediate community before I pursue like outside um, just so that I can figure out all the kinks and once once you expand it's easier that you can just replicate a lot of the things that you've learned right so but that's no that is how it started yeah exactly but I mean I think the the ultimate concept of like celebrating diversity was really planted much earlier, um, so when when I moved to the U.S., I was nine years old, um, and I moved in the middle of the school year. Uh, though I kind of understood English or spoke very limited English, uh, it's obviously a huge um, 
like adjustment period, right? Um, so understanding the new cultures, learning new language, just trying to immerse yourself into it was quite challenging at the beginning. And I had a friend of mine who was not actually a friend. She was just a classmate that sat next to me. Um, and she kind of started standing up for me when other kids were making fun of me. So, and ultimately at the very end of the day, she really taught me that, you know, we should be, we should be celebrating all the diversity and all the differences that we have. And so I think from there on, I just kind of saw instead of differences, more similarities that we share, we all share. So. You also mentioned her on your, on your website. So that is yeah. very important. She was very important at that time, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a pivotal moment just because a lot of changes were happening in my life and to uh, see someone standing up for you when it's not really required, right? Yeah. Uh, it's just out of her own goodness of her heart. And she continued to do so like throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And I was just quite amazed of like, just how strong-willed she was and of all things, like standing up in front of your classmates and your friends, right? And so that's something that's not very easy uh, at that age or even even now, right? Yeah, yeah. As an adult, it's very difficult, so. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really amazing. And did you stay in touch or are you also still in contact with her? No, you last touch. Uh, in fifth or sixth grade because she moved out of our school region. Uh, we met once afterwards, but since then, uh, I've lost contact. I've been trying to find her, yeah. but I have no idea, like, her now her married so, name, if she's married. <laughs> so she's she doesn't not know anyone. about your business and that you even mentioned her? No, she doesn't know. No, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, not yet. So, um, yeah, I've tried looking into our yearbook and she wasn't in the yearbook. <laughs> she seems like she's a ghost. <laughs> she was an but, angel. <laughs> yeah, she was. Yeah, sorry, not a ghost, an angel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good ghost. Um, yeah, but it would be amazing if I can find her. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing story. And also, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when someone stands up for you, yeah, that, that is something that will, that you will never forget. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and the age you were nine, mm -hmm. um, I was eight when I I moved from Germany to to the Netherlands. Oh yeah. And that's not a real culture shock. I mean, I had to learn the language, but I know it's a um, difficult age, and it's an, that you start to uh, grow friendships and uh, start to be really aware of your environment and yeah it's, it's a difficult age I remember that it for me it was really difficult to just transition from yeah and moving to another country so I can yeah. imagine or at least a little bit 
that from Asia, from Indonesia to the United States, well, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, though the transition was, you know, I think for a short period of time, it was challenging, but I think I've learned a lot more from the experience, Yeah. right? Of course. Having to be more resilient and just um, persistent and, and things. Um, but yeah, it was, I think for a while, I, I remember asking my parents, like, why did we move here? Can we just go yeah, back? That was a, yeah, that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, we just like immigrated. Like we just moved everything here. Like we can't just go back. And I was like, I just don't get it. <laughs> I'd like to move back. It was quite fine <laughs> when we were uh, in Indonesia. But like, you know, obviously they have their reasons and and so um, I'm sure <laughs> our life is, is better due to mm -hmm. the move. So yeah. I think our family is not new to that whole concept, right? Um, so we're like Chinese and we moved to Indonesia and like we settled the roots there and then moved again. Um, I think the next generations. So it's in us. <laughs> we're, yeah. getting, we're getting used to it. You'll find, yeah, you can find Chinese everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Even in the smallest villages. Yes. It's yes. amazing. Um, yeah. For the listeners who don't know us, we are from Chinese Indonesian uh, parents. So, yeah. yeah, we've learned from the Chinese um, family to work hard and yeah, to, to really adapt to the circumstances. Yeah. And it's also an Indonesian culture too. Yes. Um, especially when, yeah, the Dutch people were in Indonesia, of course. And I think there's like a, the resiliency on just like the continuous perseverance yeah. is, uh, is something that we just learn as a culture too. Because right. not only the, did the Dutch colonize us, the Japanese came too. Yeah. And I know our grandparents were alive and I think a teenager when the Japanese came. And so... Yeah, they were young adults. I know. Yeah. You mean um, parents from yeah, your mother and my father. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, what, what your mother also told um, during the wedding last year. Uh, from my youngest sister. Uh, mm -hmm. Your mother told about the story that the Jap when the Japanese came to Indonesia, um, she was, yeah, she was kind of in danger because she was very young and the Japanese um, um, also captured um, the young women yeah. as comfort women, comfort yeah. girls. But our grandpa, uh, heard about it and then he got married or he married her to save her yeah. so she was hopefully not endangered yeah, yeah. but yeah. we don't know what else happened because we just don't know I, yeah i honestly don't know much about our grandmother um i think our grandmother like the the stories that i hear is that she's a great cook Oh really? Even that <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard. I know she, she was, was very sweet. Yeah, she was very 
she was a great cook. Uh, my mom remembers quite a bit of uh, like her cooking and her um, just her patience in teaching. Um, I don't know about like all the kids, but I know like her direct connections with my grandma or with our grandma, like uh, learning all of that. And I think she likes to bake, which isn't surprising because my mom likes to likes to bake. And so <laughs> I think hence the whole idea of food is not completely. No, that's a culture thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but let's go back to your chocolates because it's um, when was your first chocolate or bonbon what you made? Um. So I started making chocolates much earlier. I think 2006 or so. I when I moved up to the Bay Area for a job. I um, didn't have much connections or much, obviously, roots here. I didn't have a lot of friends. So I, I do have cousins from my dad's side that are living in San Jose. And um, one of my cousins uh, from the dad's side also enjoys cooking and baking. And so he... <clears throat> He reeled me in and he said, oh, let's go to this community college and just take some baking class. So during that baking class, um, I learned a lot about making bread, but then I continued to take another class. And then in that class, I learned to make chocolate. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, oh, this isn't so bad. I, I really like chocolate. So I made quite a few um, gifts, Christmas gifts that year with chocolates because I don't actually like purchasing gifts I always like to make them yeah. you know these days it's kind of challenging because holiday season is the season of chocolate <laughs> so uh, so I get really busy um, but I made them and it was just it was very well received by um, a lot of my friends and family and some even requested for another box and a reorder and all these other things and so um, I, I thought, oh, this could be a viable product to sell if I choose to pursue entrepreneurship. But at the same time, that was the year that, that I just started my career. I just got out of college with my bachelor degree. And I thought, well, <laughs> you know, I worked so hard for my bachelor. <laughs> I probably should try to stick out this whole engineering and see if I like it before I pursue something else <laughs> and so, <laughs> so um and I figured if if it were something that was meant to be I thought it would keep calling me back and that will be a good sign for me to actually pursue it as a as a career as opposed to just as a hobby so and it kept coming back and so I decided to transition and make it into a career or business in 2016. And what was the first flavor? Uh, the first flavor that I released as a business. Yeah. Um, it was uh, dark chocolate, um, mango with two different type of like dark chocolate and white chocolate mango, and then mm -hmm. uh, jackfruit was. Oh, okay, jackfruit. That was the exotic component. Yeah. 
Yeah, though, <clears throat> surprisingly, in the Bay Area at that time, people saw mangoes as like, wow, that's really unique. I'm like, really? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was surprising to me because obviously, um, growing up in Indonesia, we see like a variety of mangoes, right? So it's normal. Um, but that seemed to be a common like string that was connecting a lot of different cultures because it was seen as a little bit unique, but uh, like the um, Hispanic cultures, like the Mex, a lot of the Mexicans really enjoy it. The Filipinos came up to me like, oh, you, you know, and they'll tell stories about eating <clears throat> meals with green mangoes and a lot of the Southeast Asians would come and tell me and then as well as jackfruit actually, because mm -hmm. it's eaten in Southeast Asia, but as well all the way to Brazil. So people will tell me their stories, which was, I thought was really cool. And that was the whole idea behind this is to just kind of choose flavors that would spark conversations across cultures. Yeah, so. absolutely. And well, it didn't stop there because you have more flavors and you're connecting to more cultures. Which one is maybe the most, yeah, exotic or the most mm. difficult flavor? We're now more known for our rose water saffron okay. um, flavor. Uh, I think now mangoes are seen as a little bit more like everyday fruits because we see it. It's more common. Um, yeah, more common. Uh, the rose water saffron is still seen as a little bit more uh, like a specialty item. Mm -hmm. And people who are adventurous in their um, food habits would find it like entertaining to eat it. And they yeah. would be surprised to enjoy the rose water saffron. And then you get a lot of the, you know, <clears throat> Persian and Indian communities who would be surprised to see such flavor profiles. And they're like, oh, you do realize we have rose water cookies and rose water desserts. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, it still is, is, is quite fun to hear the stories because then they would immediately connect it to some kind of a, like a family story, right? What is the profile of your customers? <clears throat> uh, I have very, like I have two um, customer profiles. I think one, uh, one sets of group are people who are similar to our experiences where we probably uh, grew up in one country and are now living in a different country and connecting they just kind of want to reconnect back with their cultures. And they, majority of this uh, are, you know, majority of us would do it through food, right? And so, um, <clears throat> but seeing it in chocolate is a little bit unique. And so they would find that like, again, just so much more surprising and fun. Um, and then uh, usually are purchased due to, for gifting or for a specific holiday season. Um, <clears throat> and then the second is uh, just 
everyday, not everyday folks, but like everyone else who are just pretty adventurous in their eating habits and people who also enjoy to travel to different parts of the world and learn different cultures. So yeah. those are yeah. my two. Yeah. We're curious about new cultures. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, we are both married with someone from a different culture. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How did you meet Greg anyway? Because I haven't heard the story. Uh, we met, my story is we met at a bar. Greg's story would be, oh, we met at a meetup. <laughs> 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 which okay. which both is true. <laughs> I mean, both are true. From we, different we had, <laughs> yeah, we had a common friend who was um, going, what's it called, just hanging, hanging out at a bar, and we all just happened to be, you know, fairly new in the Bay Area, so a lot of transplants, and so we knew him, and we were trying to set, like, create our own group of friends, and so we all met up at this place, um, and then I met Greg there. So, <laughs> yeah. and he, he just transplanted from um, Minnesota to the Bay Area. So, okay. So, yeah. Newbie. <laughs> yes. Newbie to the area. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But okay. I mean, of course, you've, you've lived uh, in, in, in the United States for a while, but yeah, you have still the Asian culture. So how did it go Yeah, when you first dated and you have to know each other, of course, it's always the case, but in this case, there is also an extra aspect and that, that is the culture difference. How did you experience that? Um, I think at the beginning, it was, it was not that like, there there wasn't a big hurdle to overcome because mm -hmm. I think to some extent I'm uh, I'm a lot more Americanized the way uh, just the way like I do a lot of things um, but as our relationship have you know um, gotten deeper things did start um, becoming a little bit more challenging like especially when we were planning for our wedding There were just some traditions that uh, I knew uh, that I see in a lot of our families, for example, like the tea ceremony. Um, and so uh, when we got married, I said, oh, we need to do a tea ceremony. But of course, he's not as familiar with the aspect. So he would ask, so what's the whole idea behind tea ceremony? I'm like, I don't know. We just do it at every wedding. <laughs> so, I didn't know that either. <laughs> oh, you didn't? <laughs> so like... Uh, You know, our, our, let's see, I remember attending um, one of our cousins from our um, mom and your dad's side in North Carolina. I can't remember where he got married, but uh, had a tea ceremony. And so a lot of us had tea ceremonies and I just was not, like I didn't fully understand the entire meaning behind the tea ceremony and like, all the nuances of what type of tea, what type of cup and like the blessings. And so I had to share that with Greg and of course with his family. 
because a lot of them, of course, are not familiar with it. And I don't think I did a great job because I was like, I don't, I don't quite know the reason behind it. <laughs> We're just gonna do it. <laughs> so I would say exactly um, the same. I think. <laughs> but I, I think I did at the same time. Um, you know, when you're preparing for a wedding, it's quite overwhelming with a lot of different things that you just need to, like get it done. And so looking back, I probably should have spent a little bit more time doing a little bit more research, understanding what it meant. And maybe at the beginning of the tea ceremony to explain it better to everyone, um, because <clears throat> definitely our immediate family were, were there. And so my sides were like, yeah, we get it. Like we need, we know what we need to do. And then, uh, Greg's side of the family were like, oh, okay, we'll just follow whatever they're doing. So, but if but, we explain what it. Is, what is the idea of the, this ceremony? Um, I think it's ultimately to get blessings from the, okay. um, the older uh, like generations. Also and, our ancestors? Yeah, oh, so like uh, my parents would give blessings to us uh, or the parents would give blessings to the, the to the bride and groom. The aunts and uncles would do that, and anyone that's I think that's older than you and that are married are giving blessings. To oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then the blessings are done through um, through a share of um, a cup of tea. Mm -hmm. So, but you're not drinking the cup of like the bride and groom are not. Uh, drinking the cup of tea, tea, they're presenting it to the elders, right? <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I should do more research. <laughs> well, but, maybe uh, for your next uh, chocolate flavor, but I, this is really interesting because this is the first time I hear about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, another thing. I mean, still learning about our family yeah yeah okay. uh, yeah it was uh but thankfully like um my aunt from my dad's side she's uh she's a lot more chinese than uh than i am so i mean so she was the one that was explaining a lot oh. as far as like make sure you have this and that and like um so it was I think I should probably go in a little bit more and learn. <laughs> now you can so. tell me about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll put a report together. <laughs> yeah. By the way, chocolate and tea is all also a very good combination. Yes, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's endless. Sometimes I do feel a little bit not ashamed is not the right word I think but um, when I hear these stories about the tea ceremony I mean I love tea I am a tea uh, drinker I don't drink coffee yeah <clears throat> only decaf because otherwise uh, I jump around bounce here in the room and <laughs> that's not a good idea but I would like to know more about uh, our traditions and especially from, yeah, maybe the Chinese uh, 
half Indonesian, half Chinese, of course, but somehow I know that the roots, the Chinese roots uh, are stronger somehow. Is that what you also share or is that not? Mm, I think it depends on the person, right? Like for me, I feel like I'm more connected to the, in my Indonesian connections yeah. than my Chinese, just because that's kind of what I remember most of. Um, and I, I think it's, I, generally, I think that's part of the challenge of being so multicultural, right? Um, there are, at some point, it's hard to be very one culture focused when you're living in multiple different areas as yeah. eventually the area that you're living in is going to melt or, or come together somehow, mm -hmm. right? Into your everyday routine. So um, like for me, I'm definitely, I feel like I'm more Indonesian, but even on my Indonesian is still Chinese Indonesian, right? So, um, and then living in America for such a, you know, since I was nine, trying to figure out like how it comes together, how do I still retain it? It's it's quite a balance that we all have to dance around because you don't want to lose it because it is part of you. Yeah, and you somehow want to like share it with others, right? So. <clears throat> Yeah, but at least you speak the language, you speak Bahasa. I don't speak a word. I am. I can understand what um, what you're saying or what the family uh, is talking about when they speak Bahasa. But mm -hmm. yeah, and I can order some food. I think <laughs> we go back to food yeah. again. But um, and that's it. Because when I was uh, younger, uh, we spoke. Indonesian and German at the time, right. um, but uh, mostly German. And I remember mm. when I was six years old, we uh, went back to Indonesia for just a holiday. And um, I spoke Indonesian. I thought I really spoke Indonesian, the Indonesian language, but they all said they didn't understand me <laughs> because I also used German words. Oh, okay. And when we came back, my parents uh, said to me that we, from that moment, we only speak the, uh, German. Hmm. So I really loved it. And, and somehow I, um, I still understand and I don't really understand the words, but I understand what people are talking about. And two years ago, I tried to... Um, to learn the language, but I'm still not very motivated. <laughs> because somehow, yeah, you, you don't use it and we don't go, um, yeah, we don't go back to Indonesia for family visits or so. So, I mean, it's quite hard because I think, um, you know, my parents lived in Germany for quite some time and my brother actually spoke German fluently because he was four when we moved out of Germany and um, same thing like when he went to school in Indonesia 
he spoke German to the Indonesian nuns and they're like, I don't know what you're saying. So you have to like eventually learn the language so that we can communicate. And then ultimately I think he lost his German and, and you know, and speak Indonesian. And I think because of that experience, my parents were a little bit more diligent when we moved out of Indonesia and, and uh, living in the US. And so we make sure that we try to speak Indonesian as much as possible. And also for me, I try to do the same because of hearing that story. I thought, well, that's too bad. Like it really is too bad that he lost his you know, German language. And so um, <clears throat> I try to practice it with my parents, but I still get the looks because they're like, I think you're saying things backward. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, really? okay. uh, I think if at least with Indonesian and German I uh, sorry Indonesian and English um, in English you say the adjective first and then the noun and then in Indonesian it's the other way around mm -hmm. so if you say it if you like directly translate the words to Indonesian it really means something completely different <laughs> or it could be right <laughs> so um, but uh, <laughs> but I I'm, I am starting to lose it because I don't get to practice it all that frequently. Um, so you I can understand it when my cousins talk. Okay, so. yeah. But it's it's a slightly different dialect. Like it's still Indonesian, but it's yeah, um, it's a different. It has a different yeah. Yeah. So. Like when they talk, sometimes I don't fully understand it just because I don't understand the words. So how do you feel, you already talked about it, but um, you already um, told us that, um, that you feel more Indonesian, but in general, is it more Asian or yeah, American or it doesn't have a name? <laughs> uh, I don't think it has a name but if I had to categorize it I think it would be just I would say um, American just because I think um, the connotations of being American is just a mutt right like a combinations of a lot of different cultures especially in the Bay Area that we live in um, there are just so many different cultures that an American is just a compilation of different cultures and um, but even that sometimes I think it's challenging because there's, there's just certain underlining tones in, in my everyday life that is a little bit more Asian, mm -hmm. right? Um, that sometimes it's difficult to pinpoint and say. Okay. I no, want to ask you about, well, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what example do we have? Um, it's just, I think it's very difficult to really pinpoint I think there is this like in one hand I feel like uh, being American is that you have the luxury or you have this thought process that you can question a lot of things right mm -hmm. when yeah. there is a set of rules a set of boundaries that are being put together you are okay to ask why well, how can we improve that? Can we improve that? And how should we improve it, 
right? Um, versus, uh, I think in Asian cultures, it's a little bit more on the fact like, well, here are the set of rules, you abide by it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't ask. Don't ask why. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> Just follow exactly. the rules. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And so there are certain aspects in my life that I am more one way, like the Asian versus the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also now that because we are entrepreneurs, right? You, in order to grow and succeed and reach our next level, where we can't follow the rules, right? We have to constantly push that next boundaries up a little bit more. So it's in an entrepreneurial nature to break the rules, <laughs> right? So, um, but I think there's also things like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like respecting your elders, um, you know, that's very ingrained in me, but sometimes it's challenging, especially the whole, when you don't fully see things like eye to eye, right? Like when you have a difference of an opinion, um, sometimes it's uncomfortable to question it because of the nature of like respecting your elders. You're yeah. like, okay, <laughs> guess I'll just keep that to myself. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. um, but then like the whole aspect of, for example, uh, right now, as a lot of people know, we are going through the U.S. elections, and um, and part of the nature is to question a lot of things. And if you you know if you agree or disagree with the stand, and for me to sometimes voice my opinions on certain topics is challenging because I just don't think I have enough practice to be able to verbalize it. That internal struggle sometimes that you kind of encounter yeah yeah i totally understand it um and it's not about um being disrespectful it's just question not, not really questioning but um honestly have questions about certain topics or just what for example why why the parents uh, uh, want something, want you to do something, or well, just their opinions, and then is it? It's for me. It was a real normal reaction to just to ask, uh, um, but why do you want that? And yeah, and it was also difficult to have this conversation because somehow maybe it felt for them like a, a kind of. Um, disapproval or something yeah they didn't do well or that you're questioning their parenting which wasn't my in my case it wasn't that but yeah and I think we all we both experienced some um while growing up in in the culture in a more western culture it is more common to yeah, to discuss about things, to ask questions, and um, yeah. to be more assertive. And the funny thing is, I had a conversation uh, last week um, with an Indian uh, or a woman from Indian roots, and she also said, "Yeah, 
when she's in India, she's uh, too direct, too assertive. And when she is in, in the Netherlands, then she's not assertive enough. So, and that's what I also heard when, um, when I had jobs, they always told me not to be uh, too modest or uh, to be more assertive. And, and I really had this feeling that I had to pump myself up to be more assertive and always have an opinion, but it was against my nature because it's not how I was raised, but it's also really not in my nature. And for that moment, it was uh, something like I had to work on, or I, I really had to work hard on it. Mm -hmm. But years later, I realized, no, it's just your nature and it's okay. And it's a, also a cultural thing, but it's also personality or a character. Right. character. So, and now it's okay. And uh, you don't always have to say something and sometimes it's better to listen and shut your mouth. <laughs> and, you, and and maybe it's now in, in these times, uh, there are so many opinions and I don't have to tell, to tell you about it, but it's. But I think it's also, um, I feel like it's a generational thing, right? Like if you see it all across the, the world, the next generation are a lot more outspoken than the previous generations. And I'm sure our generations are a lot different than our, than our parents' generations, despite of like their own um, experiences, right? Um, so I think personally for me, sometimes that I am grappling with is the fact that I am a different generations, obviously from my parents and even from my brother, because he's four years older, and also dealing with the differences in cultures, how it is okay to be more assertive, to be more outspoken, to voice concern, um, and then all these other things. And like, how do I melt it into one such that when I am having communications, with certain people that I'm not making them uncomfortable, right? But at the same time, still share your opinions without <laughs> attacking them <laughs> or yeah. without the feel like being attacked. Yeah, it's about communication it's skills, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, but even if you've, let's say even if you've mastered communication skills, there's just some cultures that communication isn't right so um it becomes challenging to even just try to have those conversations we're always learning as usual agreed so, so. what's next for you with your business i mean we um, yeah we are facing the pandemic worldwide um but you're expanding your markets Right? Uh, I am. I am uh, for this holiday seasons. I will be opening up shipping, which is new for for the company, and um, it's still not U.S. wide. It's going to be very focused to California. Again, I think the engineering mindset comes <laughs> topples <laughs> over for me. <laughs> like let's let's learn from the California uh, shipping before we open 
um, like nationwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then holiday uh, season being so close, though that's kind of my um, immediate focus mm-hmm. is to finalize and complete a lot of the behind the scene work for the holiday season um, so that it can be done. And usually holiday season for for chocolatiers, it, they mean um, November all the way to May, or at least in the US, that's the case because mm-hmm. that's Thanksgiving, um, all the way to Mother's Day, which is in May. Yeah, of course, yeah. Have, yeah, some have stretched it to Father's Day, um, which is in June but that's usually our season. And then when it's off season, that's when we get to do a lot of our fun um, projects, things that we should have done, but we didn't have time. <laughs> so, um, and um, so that's kind of what's ahead of me. Um, and I'm hoping, um, despite, the, despite of the pandemic, our business actually has grown. So. Um, I'm hoping to maybe add an employee um, wow. as a part-time. Yeah, um, but we still need to go. We need to identify where the help is really needed and like what skill sets they need to have um, to make sure that it will come in as a support as opposed to like a distraction, right? Yeah, so, of course, yeah. So that's kind of the next set of goals and then I learned with pandemics we'll just you know set one goals ahead of us for right now <laughs> yeah there's no to set multiple set of goals because <laughs> we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah these are really ex- ex- exciting times especially when um, this uh, election is coming up in November of course I'll just say I can't wait until it's over I don't care like I mean I think there's just a lot of things happening right now, and that it it could be it could be calmer. Let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> I could use a little bit more calm in my my life. I think entrepreneurship is hectic as is, as you know. Mm-hmm. So. So. <laughs> we'll see, but uh, let's hope for the best. Yes. Yes. A lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> and all good yes. vibes sending to you to the states yeah i'll accept them all <laughs> yeah of course i mean despite the elections if there's just like this underlining of stress because we live in the bay area where we've had a lot of fires in our area yeah. too right awesome. so yeah um, so like just take out the elections out of the equations we just like pandemic, the fires, um, and the fires were um, getting so terrible that we were having ashes raining, like raining ashes in our area. And yeah. so, of course, um, that would be pretty unhealthy for you to be outside, but because we were already shelter in place and now we can't go outside, it just kind of bottles a lot of the energy even more. Yeah. And so, um and then yeah i mean it's just it, it's good to kind of be somewhat back to normal but we will we will see <laughs> and meanwhile 
keep making these delicious chocolates. Yeah, it is a it is a pity that you don't ship to Europe, but yeah. Yeah. Who knows in the future, of course. But I was privileged. I yeah, but I was privileged to um, taste them last year, and they were delicious. Thank so, you. Yeah. And I love the mission um, and the whole story behind every flavor you have. So it's a kind of tribute to all the cultures we have. Yeah. And I think that was the, um, like a light bulb turn on for me after our conversation. Um, even though like, you know, I've sh shared with you at the beginning of this podcast of why I started it. I think ultimately at the very, very end of the day, it's because we as a family, and I'm sure a lot of other people who have similar experiences is that we're so multicultural in, in our life, right? And just from the fact that we've lived in so many different countries, it just is second nature to like, yeah, let's learn more about other cultures and yeah. how, how fun that would be and how what's it called how fun is it to learn more about the stories about the people about the, the reasons why they are certain ways right and um and what better ways to do it than through food so yeah because i'm always open to eating <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good excuse as well to eat i call it my research yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to go research. <laughs> so. Yes. I just love learning. I wonder uh, with your other podcast guests, do they share some similar similar feeling about because I know a lot of them are multicultural and right? Yeah. Um yeah, everybody <laughs> Yeah, but everybody deals with um, in a different way. And um, um, my last conversation, or the last guest I had on the podcast, or she was raised in Japan, or she grew up in Japan, and she spent her youth in India, and she now lives in um, Netherlands. But she goes back to uh, India each year because her mother lives there. She speaks... English, of course, and uh, Dutch, but uh, mainly uh, English. And she also speaks Japanese because she mm. has Japanese friends. And she feels really enriched. So that's not, yeah. I think that's um, it's also the other side of being multicultural that you're really en enriched. And um, she feels really grateful as well. But when I started yeah. multi woman, it's also the, the other side is also feelings, yeah, kind of spread out sometimes because you feel home everywhere you come because you can adapt very easily. But on the other hand, mm. sometimes you don't really connect because, yeah, in, in, you're also in New York, but in my case, I don't feel really Asian. And when we went to the restaurants, uh, to Chinese restaurants, you were not Chinese. And when you go to the Indonesian restaurants or the Indonesian community, you're not really Indonesian. Yeah. Um, so I felt most connected with, uh, yeah, the, the, the Dutch people. And when I was younger, it was the German mm -hmm. people. 
I always had mm-hmm. German uh, or Dutch friends. I don't have, I don't have Chinese mm-hmm. friends. I think. But that's all, yeah, but it's, that's something that went really naturally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's another way of dealing with it. And it's just, for me, it's more uh, important to connect with someone you really click with. I mean, when you really connect, it doesn't matter which yeah. culture or which nationality. As a human being, it is the connection you have. And but yeah. most of the time, it is someone who has different cultures in, or different roots, because yeah. that person is more open-minded most of the time, or interested in your as a new in as a person and your culture or your background. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I think it's also a profile for being multicultural. Yeah. So yeah. Agreed. I think what really was striking is to hear how some people are able to immerse into the different cultures of their lives and feel at home. Yeah. I think that's kind of, that's really cool. Really I yeah. I don't think I've reached that level yet. I think I'm still at feeling a little lost in different parts of my culture because <laughs> I go through um well, I, I go through, like, while well, I'm not really Chinese because I can't, people anticipate for me to speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. And then when, when I tell them I, I don't speak it because I've never learned it, you know, they're like, oh, <laughs> they're a little bit disappointed. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that would. Most important thing is to stay connected and yeah connect and learn about more cultures read yeah i mean and it's such an easy gateway to just learn all the various cultures i think it for me i don't know because i I am such a food oriented person you can learn so much from cuisines and and just the overall everyday culture too from it so yeah it brings up a yeah. lot of conversations always during, uh, yeah, during eating your meals. <laughs> and, and it's it's such an easy way to like hear people's everyday um, routine, like like personal stories from their yeah. families, right? Because a lot of people immediately would say, "Oh, I remember when my mom or my dad or my grandparents mm-hmm. and so." I think that just evokes such a warm like feeling Mm -hmm. and you just it's good to connect in that level absolutely well thank you charlotte you're welcome yes also take care of yourself that's true that's usually the last thing on my list (laughs) (laughs) yeah well all right well thank you thank you for your time And also a big thank you from me to you for listening. I feel very honored and hope you enjoyed the conversation. Let me know what you think and share your thoughts on Multiwoman & Co. on Instagram. For connecting, check the link in the bio. Bye for now and take good care of yourself.